0: i'm talking to the listener <laughs> <laughs> on today's great to meet Chat, i have cameron harris of breaking the shackles we're going to talk about highlighting injustice through music so welcome cameron
1: thank you glad to be here
0: glad to have you here i met you probably about six years ago and
1: probably six different times
0: I think it was only two different times.
1: Okay. Got it wrong. And then I I thought your name was Kirsten for the longest time. Oh, really? Well, it's like I would go back and forth. I would think Kristen, Kirsten, and then I I don't know. Wow. I was afraid of getting it wrong.
0: It's like your dad when he called me Keisha.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Close. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Starts with a K. (laughs) So you see where I get it from. Except
0: that was several years later, so I guess he got it from you. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, the first time I ever heard about Breaking the Shackles, I actually went to the Wesley Chapel. You guys had, like, a prayer worship night. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The term worship, if you're not used to that, is just, like, people singing songs to Jesus. And I thought, oh, this is really cool, because in high school, like, human trafficking was something that I – was trying to help my little corner, at least making people more aware. So I thought, oh, there are people in college doing the same thing, that's really neat. Will you kind of go back to this, the start of Breaking the Shackles when you were in high school, became aware of human trafficking?
1: I would say it was a roundabout way of starting. It wasn't like I was specifically into the cause in my junior year of high school. I was part of a ministry at the time called FCA. Which stands for? fellowship of of christian Christian athletes athletes. and i was accepted onto our music committee so first ever taste of leadership and i was very excited to be a part of a team and i wanted to do some event outside of our normal meeting time just because you know our freshman year or my freshman year there were a bunch of like pep rally leaders and popular kids who were part of the leadership for fca Mm -hmm. And when when they weren't part of it anymore, people stopped going. (laughs) Yeah, attendance slipped. So I thought, well, let's get some of these people back in the door. Let's do some sort of event or concert on like a Friday night or a Saturday night, and then we could we could book like a Christian rapper. That was that was my idea, the the game plan. The issue was that I didn't tell the president of FCA my game plan, so. I just had this idea, wanted to chase after it, and got in touch with a booking agent with a, a local record label um, called Reach Records, and was talking about booking one of their their artists. Um, Did they
0: know you were in high school?
1: Yeah, I, I think I led with that because I was like, maybe, maybe that'll you know, help me. Though, yeah, they'll help me, or they'll be more likely to, you know, help a high school yeah h- high schooler fulfill some sort of dream. Mm-hmm. So they knew. But then I took the idea back to the FCA president and she was not (laughs) happy about that idea or excited about it. So I was like, okay, well if we're not gonna do it for FCA, is there any way that we could still leverage an event like this for good? I thought, Let's do a benefit concert first causes i thought about were age research cancer research those were two of the biggest issues at the time but then i started asking friends were there any underrepresented issues out there that maybe i didn't know about and that maybe our community uh would benefit from knowing about so one of my friends told me about modern day slavery and human trafficking and for me i i guess i knew about it to a certain extent I had seen the movie Taken. That was the extent of my knowledge. Um, But I didn't think that it was something that happened in America. I was blinded to it. Like a a lot of my peers at the time, and I guess a lot of the country at the time. So I did more research, found out that specifically that Georgia, the state of Georgia, has a high occurrence of sex trafficking um, amongst children. Children are trafficked every night. And for me, um, I was 16 at the time, and the average entry age for trafficking in the United States is 12 to 14 years old. So my, I was heartbroken that there were kids who didn't have any vision or hope for their future who were barely younger than me. But I knew that, I, you know, I had this whole goal of going to UGA, getting a, a Terry College business degree and had an idea of what I wanted my my career to look like. But there were kids who didn't have that same luxury. That's what got me started on the road. Uh, to planning the the first benefit concert.
0: So you planned the first benefit concert. What was the time frame of the thought and then it actually happening?
1: Yeah, it was kind of long. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, original thought probably came about in September 2011 when I was a junior. Okay. Starting out my junior year in high school at Wheeler go go wildcats I was about to say go dogs but that's UGA Interesting. <laughs> And then fruition of the actual concert didn't come until May of 2012 Oh wow so it was pretty drawn out
0: But but it happened
1: It happened Yeah Almost didn't happen There were two two delays So original concert date was January of 2012 was pushed to March of 2012 and then pushed again to May 2012 Wow. Yeah. So I didn't really know what I was doing, <laughs> but we, we figured everything out.
0: So you have the first concert benefit concert. And then what happens after that?
1: One, I found out that it was pretty difficult to organize this thing like alone. Uh, so I started putting together a team of, of students and peers and, and friends to start planning the next one before the first one ever happened. So at that point it was just an annual benefit concert. We did the first one, raised about uh, $1,200 for our nonprofit partner. I was so excited about that. And our our partner at the time, they were called the Juvenile Justice Fund. Um, Now they're called Youth Spark. Uh, Yeah, which is a nice cool branded name. So we started playing the second one raised $4,500 at that second one. That was my senior year. And we did another one following that. After that, um, it kind of felt like the annual concert idea was, was reaching its, its expiration. I also was away from that community only coming back for breaks, um, because I was at UGA. So that's when I decided my sophomore year at UGA to bring the benefit concert to Athens. Um, built just a leadership team around me of of friends, people that I knew, we ultimately decided that we could make more of an impact on campus if we became a student organization, if we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and if we did more events outside of just an annual benefit concert. That's what led to UGA.
0: I like how you initially were starting off as someone who was supporting a third party and not necessarily trying to raise funds to start your own thing, what made you do that?
1: Honestly, it just made it easier in terms of like legitimizing what we were doing. It also, I think, gave us a better avenue to tell our story um, and gave us more of an infrastructure to it. We could have just stayed in the student organization route, but the the issue with that is I've had ideas and goals to expand um, since bringing it to UGA to where we don't only want to function um, at one university, but to be at multiple universities, and uh, even if there could be iterations outside of the university model. Um, So that it was a lot easier to go ahead and establish that framework and that groundwork uh, through founding a a nonprofit. And we still do partner with organizations that I would say are more on the front line than than what we are, because, At the end of the day, we are more so an awareness-based organization and there are organizations out there that are more on the ground who are active in recovery or active in rescue um, or even like litigation in the courts providing uh, legal counsel and stuff like that. We want to ignite uh, the college age group as well as maybe young professionals, people who are right out of college, to, one, really care about this issue, to know about it, and to help us partner with with these nonprofits who are more in the weeds. So Breaking
0: the Shackles is the
1: name. Yes. How
0: did you come to that name?
1: I actually did not come up with a name. Oh. Yeah. This is the T. This is the T. It wasn't me. That rhymed. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I had a friend, and past tense well i haven't talked to her in a long time okay we were in chem physics not chemistry physics class and initially the band that we booked for the first concert we were going to call the concert branded as their like one of their lead singles which was say what you believe it kind of kind of you were 16 it's fine yeah with, (laughs) with the cost they had to pull out when we when we delayed the concert a second time they were actually breaking up as a band oh so they couldn't make the new may date uh work so we needed a new name because we weren't going to have the same headlining band um and we it would be weird to use their single mm-hmm. name as our concert name if they're not performing right so we had a little brainstorm after we finished our classwork in physics and yeah i probably came up with some pretty terrible names and ideas and then she came up with one, and it was breaking the shackles, and I was like, I like that. It's uh very active. Um, it's a little long, is the only thing, but it stands out. I think it's yeah. Yeah. I think I like the name. I bought I, it
0: on a T-shirt, so
1: I do think that it subconsciously stemmed from a song by Mary Mary called uh, the "Shackles." shackles.
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: Exactly. That one. Okay. Right? Because you just add ING I to break the shackles and then you uh-huh. have breaking the shackles. There so you go.
0: Thanks, Mary Mary. Mary
1: Mary, don't sue me if you hear this.
0: <laughs> I'll send it to her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> them!
0: Them. Oh yeah, the two. Okay, yes. Them. <laughs> I'll send it to both of you.
1: When we first started um, we were booking mainly Christian acts. So you probably wouldn't know <laughs> from the first year, but the museum was uh the headlining band back then and then our second year we moved into a christian edm group called capital kings okay uh i've heard of this i think and then the museum performed again and then a band called unhindered um which if you know who pat barrett is that was his project before he was in a house solo fires and before he was a solo act okay so we've had Pat Baird on our stage too. Um and then the third year we had Fireflight, who is a Christian rock band, Christian female led rock band, kinda like paramore ish Interesting. <laughs> of of Christian music. And then when we came to Athens, we kind of changed our strategy a little bit. We weren't really doing it inside of a church. Um, we were instead doing it in music venues in Athens, uh, like 40 watt Georgia theater. Um, so that first year we booked Andrew rip, um, who is actually coincidentally starting his own like Christian music career now, but he wasn't specifically a Christian artist back then. We've had a band called The new respects, um, Devin Gilfillian, who is starting to, uh, I wouldn't say blow up, but he's gaining traction, Um, he actually just did a cover album of Marvin Gaye songs. That's doing. I got to check it out now. (laughs) Yes. Go check out. It's fantastic. And then we booked the band Camino vacation Manor. We had Briston Moroney booked at one point as well. Um, but you know, we weren't able to do that. We had to transition to a digital concert for that one. But yeah, those are some of the artists that we've, we've been able to book. We've, we've been pretty lucky in terms of like our budget and who they are, so it's been a fun ride to to book these professional bands. Because when I first started, I didn't really know any local bands, so it's just been our strategy since the beginning to try to book more more professional bands while also having local support in, in Athens.
0: And I think for them, it's really smart to be a part of student led things because students are pretty loyal when they find something they like, you know, listening to them as well. Yeah, for sure. You assemble a group of people at UGA to help lead it, to help uh, get more people, to help recruit. And, and ultimately you build a community through it. I don't know if you're aware of that. I think a little
1: bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh when you're leading an organization, I think it is hard to have a full pulse on like the ground of it. But yeah, I do. I do believe that community has been one of the strongest aspects of the organization mm-hmm. in what way uh, I mean it did start off with just friends who are around me that was like the original staff members whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it but I will say like at our events especially the ones that like ended up being at like coffee shops mm-hmm. there was a spark there that I didn't really see around At many places on campus. And it's not like a testament to to me or anything like that. I think that's a testament to the people that were involved, that they actively made people, whether they were friends, whether they were strangers, feel welcome at our events. Um, And that they had somebody that they could, you know, hang out with, count on. Um, So yeah, I do think that there was a different aura to our, to our events. And I do also think that the power of music plays into that as well. I think live music brings people from all walks together. Um, and it's powerful to experience something like that together. Um, another thing is that like with those coffee shop shows, we would book local Athens acts, but then also sometimes it was just like friends, friends who were musically talented, who maybe they didn't have like a specific like band or a specific entity, but their friends would come to, to come to see them, mm-hmm. and then you would have their friends inter- intermingle with friends of other artists. And I just thought that wa- it was a pretty cool community that we were building through through those specific events.
0: Yeah, I really liked coffee crawl, it's plural. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought they were fun when they happened. It would be a weekly night, yeah, like three or four in a month, and every week we would go and watch people play and i always i walked away like okay i really like this person's voice or oh that wasn't really my style but it was fun
1: (laughs) yeah and we would uh we would pack out some coffee shops Mm -hmm. it was it it would it would be really cool to see things like that just because like you know you can you can fill up a venue and that's cool but Mm -hmm. to fill up like a a smaller more intimate vibe (laughs) like a coffee shop is is really cool
0: and to to fill up one that was about to close yeah, that's, that's true. That's pretty cool. Two-story. Rest in peace. Rest in peace.
1: <laughs> now the expat.
0: I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gone since. I and haven't
1: I don't either. Really
0: know. Someone's listening and has never heard about Breaking the Shackle. What's the vision? Our
1: vision is that we want to create a space um, where there's a awareness for the next generation and freedom for every generation.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like how that's worded. It's a, l-
1: it's a little catchy, a little marketing mm-hmm. language, but- Wait, did you I, say marketing? <laughs> no, not me. Yes, yes, I did. Our mission is leveraging music as a platform to illuminate slavery. And we also wanna create a community of advocates to advance freedom. So again, another kind of marketing language, but like this is what governs kind of our organization. But we also have a philosophy. So we believe that in order for oppressed people to experience freedom and justice, it takes sacrifice on behalf of non-oppressed people. So we define sacrifice in three ways. So sacrifice of funds, so that's we expect our members and our staff to donate themselves, but also fundraise on behalf of the cause and the, the nonprofit organization of Breaking the Shackles. There's sacrifice of platform, which is a fancy way of saying-
0: Use your social media. Use
1: your social media and have in-person conversations with people about what human trafficking is, mm-hmm. right? Cause if we're wanting to spread awareness, we have to talk about something.
0: So you guys, I'm doing number two right now.
1: (laughs) Yes. Good job, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) And then number three is a sacrifice of time. So we want our people to be committed to their role in the organization, but even more than that, we want everybody in the organization to be serving with our nonprofit partners. So yeah, I would say that's kind of like what governs what we do. Um, and we try to hammer that in amongst our our team. I
0: think that's one of the things that I thought Breaking the Shackles did really well when I was in it was the fact that people really owned the roles that they were given, and I definitely was one of those people that ran away from a role. I was like, I don't want a title. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not the the best example of what to do but I, I really did enjoy <laughs> watching other people really own those
1: roles. first year we were at, on campus we uh tried just doing like committees mm-hmm. where there weren't really titles and I think in general people didn't like it as much mm. just because it's like I'm just a committee member but it's yeah. like when you get somebody like a title you're
0: like I'm the director of finance right and like that sounds really cool
1: yeah you can put that on your resume. You can put it on your resume and you can talk to it in interviews and It looks fantastic.
0: And it's a legit nonprofit.
1: That's true. Yeah, that looks even
0: cooler. When it comes to partnership currently, what does that look like for Breaking the Shackles? Our
1: main partner and the main partner that we've had for probably the past, I think, three years um, is Wellspring Living. So Wellspring Living is is one of the more sophisticated nonprofits in Atlanta that rehabilitates uh, women and in some cases children who have been trafficked there have been other nonprofits across the country who are learning from their model replicating their model um what's cool is that they don't only have uh, the recovery but they also have opportunities for trafficking victims to re-assimilate um, part of that is doing externships and skills training and resume an building. externship so an externship I'm not completely sure what it is, but it's similar to an internship. Okay. Um, but I know that they've been, that some of the trafficking survivors have been placed um, at like Delta and some other corporations in Atlanta. If, if they are interested in any sort of corporate route, Wellspring Living has paved the way for them to, to have some of those extern slash internships that give them real world experience within in the corporate world, which I know that can be hard to like really break difficult outside of what wellspring has done so they've done mm-hmm. a lot of great work um we're excited to have partnered with them um and come alongside what what they do in, in their mission because they're doing a lot of great work well
0: came okay, in i'm really glad that you started breaking the shackles because you helped my like college age self make friends so
1: that i could <laughs> provide well not me but the organization <laughs> yeah. can provide that space for you to meet people
0: you just never know of of what you do now and how in the future it'll affect someone in a positive way or the community that could come from it and obviously your 16 year old brain probably wasn't like oh yeah there's this girl named Kristen and she's gonna make really good friends in this organization because we didn't know each other you couldn't have thought that but it happened and I'm really happy that it did yeah yeah I am too so if someone was listening to this and just wanted to I don't know send like a Venmo donation to Breaking the Shackles how would what should that person Venmo
1: yeah, if you donate to us, uh, that'll go to Wellspring Living.
0: And that's at Breaking the Shackles. B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G-T-H-E-S-H-A-C-K-L-E-S.
1: Breaking the Shackles. On Venmo. Write us a cool note in there.
0: Say, I heard from the podcast, and then it's like, donated a dollar because i heard from the podcast that'd be really cool actually someone please donate a dollar
1: yes please do it in the name of this podcast
0: yes creativity chat
1: (laughs) creativity chat brought me me. here yes
0: that'd be fun please someone do it (laughs) and then i end up just doing it for myself
1: (laughs) (laughs) kristen is going to do it (laughs) i'm gonna donate a dollar
0: (laughs) friends thanks for listening i will link all of breaking the shackles information in the show notes check it out give them a follow on instagram
1: for sure follow us and if you are in college check us out we are gonna be going back strong in the fall um with hopefully you know some some big events so if you are a student check us out if you aren't a student and you're a young professional also I'll check, us, check out. us out. <laughs> yeah, because we're we're looking to uh, start doing events that um, are more for the people who aren't still in college. So if you are in that age group, maybe like twenty two to twenty eight, something like that.
0: I thought you were like forty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> forty. If you're forty, donate. <laughs> donate. Donate to us if you're forty. Please.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely rest of the day. Bye.